Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is January 14th, and our reading comes from Matthew chapter 10. Now, he begins the chapter by naming the 12 disciples, and then in verse 5, he says, Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions, don't go to the Gentiles or Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. So Jesus wants them to begin their evangelistic efforts, their kingdom building efforts with the Jewish people. Verse seven, go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is here. God is closer than you think. God has broken back into your Life, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. So, just as we have received the grace and blessings of God, let's give that away. And so the disciples went out, and this is kind of their first ministry experience. And Jesus gives them some instruction, He tells them to do what I've been doing. And he gives them the authority to do that. And God has done that same thing for us. He wants us to do in our world what he did. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. Again, this is why our mission statement says we want to be with Jesus and become like Jesus so we can do what Jesus did. So you see here, the disciples are in that same process. They have been walking with Jesus. They're becoming more and more like Jesus. And now he gives them their first chance to go into the community and do for other people what he has been doing. Verse 9, he says, don't take any money in your money belts, no gold, no silver, or even copper coins. Don't carry a traveler's bag with a change of clothes and sandals or even a walking stick. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve to be fed. So this is interesting. Jesus tells them when you're going, basically, you're not doing this to make money or to get rich. So I think the danger is that if they're going out into the community and they're healing the sick and raising the dead and doing all these pretty supernatural, amazing things, if we're not careful, you know what culture will start doing? (laughs) They'll start paying for it right? And it's so easy because this was true in the religious community. In fact, we'll see this in a few weeks in John chapter 2 when Jesus goes into the temple and he's flipping over tables. Why is he so angry? Because they've turned religion into a business and they're getting rich off of it at the disadvantage of the people. And Jesus is trying to protect the disciples from making that mistake. I'm sending you out to serve this community, but I don't want you to use this as an opportunity for your own enrichment. And so we have to be real careful about that. Verse 11, whenever you enter a city or village, search for a worthy person and stay in his home until you leave town. Somebody, in other words, who hears the message, sees what you're doing, that's kingdom minded, partner with that person. Because listen, 
They certainly had the right to have shelter and food and all of their needs met, right? So Jesus even said that at the end of verse 10, the worker deserves to be fed. So we want you to find a partner in that town. And so one of the things, for example, that I'm I'm doing is I joined a, a golf club a couple of years ago. And one of the things I did is I started looking for people in the club that I could connect with that loved Jesus, who would partner with me to introduce me to new people in this club who I can tell about Jesus. One of the things I've done many times through the years at the gym or when playing basketball is to try to connect with somebody there who's an influential person who had a relationship with Jesus and then leverage that relationship so that they could introduce and be the bridge into the lives of some of the other people in that community. I used to do the same thing with my kids' sports. So I'd connect with the coach and I'd ask if I can serve him or help him in any way that I could. And I'm looking for somebody in that little community who's got a love for Jesus and we can partner together to serve that community so that I can look for ways and opportunities to tell them about Jesus. So that's basically what he's training the disciples to do. Verse 12, when you enter the home, give it your blessing. And when it turns out to be a worthy home, let your blessing stand there. If it's not, take that blessing back. (laughs) If any household or town refuses to welcome you or to listen to your message, shake It's dust from your feet as you leave. I tell you the truth, the wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah would be better off than such a town on Judgment Day. So Jesus just said, listen, when people aren't open, when people don't receive the message, don't hold them down and force them to convert. That's ridiculous. Conversion can never be forced or coerced. Conversion has to be an act of faith that each of us makes where we turn to Jesus and open a heart and receive his mercy and grace. We can't force that on people. And so when people don't receive your witness, don't cram it down their throat. Don't beat them up for it. Don't mistreat them because of it. Just back off continue to love and serve them while you're looking for people who are open to your message and ministry and give them your best time and attention. And over time, often that person that you reached out to and and kind of rejected what you shared, often they'll get in a crisis. And because you respected them and didn't mistreat them when they didn't listen to your message, well, now that they're in a crisis, all of a sudden they want your help. Now they want to know Jesus. Now they want you to pray. Now they want you to serve them. Now they're interested in your ministry because their life circumstances have changed, right? So Jesus would say, listen, we're not out there fighting people. We're not We're trying, not trying to force people to do anything. We're looking for people. In fact, Jesus did. We're looking for people who are open to the gospel, who for whatever reason, any number of different reasons, are at a season of life where they're looking for Jesus. I've got this one really cool friend, and and a little while ago we were talking about when we first met, and he just said to me, it, it's very interesting as I look back, I was just at this season of life where I was a young adult, I was about to get married, everything in my life was about to change, and it's like I just, I just began to realize I need a relationship with God. I need to develop my 
spiritual life. God, I've got to build my character because I'm about to step into a, a season of life where I've got to be a, a lot more responsible and my character and all those things have such a huge impact on my life. And he said it right at that moment, that's when we met and you invited me into your Bible study and it's changed my life. So that's what we're looking for. We're looking for those people that for whatever reason are open to your message. And that's what Jesus is telling the disciples here. And and one of the reasons it's so important to understand that is it kind of takes the pressure off, right? You're not a used car salesman. You're not going around trying to find people who are closed to the gospel and you've got such a slick sales presentation that all of a sudden you change their mind and they decide to follow Jesus. That's not what you're looking for. You're looking for people whose circumstances, and it can be any number of things, have prepared them for this moment, this interaction. And when you begin talking about Jesus, when you begin talking about what God's done in your life, when you begin talking about why faith has made such a difference for you, they're open and you go with them. But those that are closed, you don't try to kick down that door, but nor do you mistreat them because down the road, God may open their heart through their circumstances. And basically that's what Jesus is is teaching the disciples, that you've just got to be looking for the people who are open and go with them. Verse 16, look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. So be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. Beware For you'll be handed over to the courts. You'll be flogged with whips in the synagogue. You'll stand trial before governors and kings because you're my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and other unbelievers about me. And when you are arrested, don't worry about how you'll respond or what you'll say. God will give you the right words at the right time. For it is not you who will be speaking. It will be the spirit of your father speaking through you. And so Jesus says, listen, even when you do this, there will be times because you're a follower of Jesus that you'll be hated, abused, persecuted, mistreated. Now in American culture, the truth is we've not experienced a lot of that. Very, very, very little. But there are a lot of places in the world today where people just for being a Christian, it could cost them their lives. And Jesus says, listen, that's okay. That's normal. That's normal. They persecuted me. They're going to persecute you. So that's normal. And, and the truth is we shouldn't be too surprised. And if we suffer for Christ, there's a reward. And if we die for Christ, there's a reward. I love what Paul says, to live is Christ, to die is gain. In other words, if I'm alive, I'm living for Jesus. And if I die, that's fine, because then I get to go and be with Jesus in person. In fact, when Paul was arrested and thrown into prison, well, that's when he did some of his best work. It was from prison that he wrote so much of the New Testament and has been such a blessing to the world, right? So Jesus says, listen, in that moment, don't worry. I'm going to give you the words. I'm going to give you the courage to be a bold witness, even in that place. One of the nations that we uh, have a, were very, very involved is a persecuted nation. 
And uh, one of the most encouraging things is listening to our pastors sometimes being arrested and going into prison. And it's in prison that they're sharing their faith and people in the prison and the guards and even the officials, the officers are getting saved in prison through their witness. God's given them boldness and given them the words to say in that moment to represent Jesus well. I love that. And then finally, verse 21, a brother will betray his brother to death. A father will betray his own child, and children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed. And all nations will hate you because you're my followers. But everyone who endures to the end will be saved. When you're persecuted in one town, flee to the next. I tell you the truth, the Son of Man will return before you have reached all the towns of Israel. I think it's so important that we just maintain this perspective. We are here for the purpose of building the kingdom and telling people about Jesus. And sometimes when we do, we suffer even, even at the hands of our own family. But let's be faithful. Let's endure to the end. There is a great reward coming. I love what Paul says, my light and momentary struggles do not compare to the surpassing greatness, the glory of what God has prepared for his saints. Man, there is a reward coming. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for this word. I pray that you would help us to be strategic in our witness, to look for the people around us who are open to the gospel, to talk about our story, what you've done for us, our faith journey. And when people are open, man, to step into that. And when they're closed, not to kick those doors down, but to be gracious, to love those people, to serve, and to trust that in time that door will open. And we'll be there ready to give a witness. God, I pray that you would help us to to be willing even to suffer for our faith, to suffer for our witness, to know that that is part of the Christian life, to embrace it and to trust that there's a great reward coming. We want to endure to the end. God, we're trusting you. Give us the strength and the courage to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for being with me. Hope that encourages you so much. And remember, Before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.